Many advocates for gifted and talented education frequently find themselves having to justify to a parent why they should allow their child to be in their school's gifted and talented program after they have qualified for it. Is it really that much different from the other classes? Aren't they just going to have to do more homework? Won't they be viewed as nerds? I've seen the GT program here and was not impressed it's just a bunch of fluff and silly projects. I don't understand why my son was identified as GT. His sister gets much better grades while he spends his days either daydreaming or sitting in the principal's office when attempting to justify labeling a student as GT. It all comes back to the social and emotional needs of students who truly fall within this category. To better understand what it means to identify a child as gifted it will serve well to look back at how the identification and education of gifted and talented students began as a field of research and has continued to evolve over the last 130 years. Significant research exists to document the change perception that occurs in teachers, family members, and peers when children are identified as gifted. The influence of these changes on gifted students is only beginning to be understood. A brief history on the effects of gifted labeling it may be that poor psychological well-being is preventing gifted and talented pupils from fulfilling their potential. T.W. Jones, 2013 Early Research in Psychopathology The first formal links between giftedness and indicators of mental health are traced to the 19th-century criminologist Cesare Lombroso in his 1891 book The Man of Genius. In this work he identifies what he calls the divergence hypothesis which argued that exceptionally high levels of intelligence are associated with maladjustment and potentially psychopathology. His work was later also supported by early 20th century theorists such as Witte and Lehman 1929 and Kretschmer 1931. Letta Hollingworth 1931 and 1942 found that young people with IQs greater than 160 are too different from their peers to avoid social isolation. She identified the ideal range of giftedness to be between an IQ of 125 and 155. Anything above this may lead to problems with involving a poorer psychological well-being. There is a subset of gifted and talented individuals who experience poor mental health and social adjustment. The termites. One of the most famous names in gifted education is Lewis Terman. His work started in the 1920s, but his 1947 work Genetic Studies of Genius is considered by most to be the first empirical study of the attributes, characteristics and outcomes for gifted individuals. His study included a sample of over 1,500 gifted people, referred to as the termites, all with Stanford Binet IQs over 140. The results indicated that there was no difference between the well-being of these individuals and non-gifted members of the general population. Extracurricular interest, involvement, and exclusion Tannenbaum evaluated adolescent attitudes towards academic brilliance. In 1962 he published his findings which revealed that giftedness was not a stigma in itself. However, it became an unacceptable attribute when combined with other traits such as lack of interest in sports or greater than average time commitment to schoolwork. Just two years later, Torrance published an exploration of negative peer sanctions used against highly creative children by groups to keep their most creative and talented members in check. However, three studies in the 1980s, Covington 1984, Marsh 1986, Rosenberg, Schooler and Schoenbach 1989 found robust links between mental health and curricular and extracurricular success. These findings point to the possibility that poor psychological well-being may actually be preventing gifted and talented pupils from fulfilling their potential. Stereotypes and Labels 
There have been several studies that look at the impact of a child being labeled as gifted Halperin and Luria 1989 found strong evidence of negative stereotyping of children labeled as gifted. Patchett and Gauthier 1991 found in their studies that the word gifted comes with a set of publicly recognized connotations that instill respect. Yet some people identified as gifted experience problems and relationships specifically because they have been labeled gifted. Similarly, Nail and Evans 1997 determined that there is a common perception that giftedness is inexorably coupled with poor psychological well-being. This supports the notion put forth by Cross in 1999 that gifted students are often living in a world that sends them mixed messages, many of which convey unfavorable notions about the meaning of giftedness balanced and well-adjusted. While this all may seem bleak, two studies did shine a much more positive light on the development of those identified as gifted and talented. Sviatik 1998 found that the social challenges that come with giftedness produce in many coping strategies utilized by gifted adolescents to reduce perceived social stigmas. Likewise, Walker and Pernu 2002 found that the gifted were in fact better adjusted than the normal population a brief history on the effects of teacher and family perceptions of GT students if adults are led to believe that psychopathology in gifted children is natural, or even expected, then they will not see fit to highlight a concern when very able youngsters begin to display signs of mental ill health T.W. Jones, 2013. Training Matters as early as 1953, Epstein found that teachers' perceptions of students labeled as gifted and talented often correspond to the level of teacher training in gifted education or teachers' beliefs regarding diversity. Not surprisingly, in 1980 Nicely, Small, and Furman determined that teachers with less knowledge of the programs viewed gifted students more negatively. The research of Kopenhaver and McIntyre 1992 demonstrated that teachers' perceptions of gifted students differed significantly and could be correlated with two factors, whether teachers had taken courses or workshops on gifted education and the grade level that teachers taught. So does experience. Hansen and Feldhusen 1994 and Hannanen 1988 found definite and measurable differences between experts and novices, teachers trained and untrained in the area of gifted education. The differences were reflected in the teacher learning process through the use of critical thinking skills and in student-teacher interactions. Clearly, teacher perceptions are colored by their knowledge of gifted programs and their training in the field of gifted education. Perhaps more important, however, is the fact that teacher perceptions produced measurable differences in the classroom. How teacher perception helps. Equally, if giftedness is shown not to be associated with psychopathology, it is vital that adults working with gifted and talented youngsters are encouraged to highlight concerns over their students' psychological well-being, rather than dismissing it as merely being part of their expected profile. Nail and Evans, 1997. Family Matters. Cornell, 1989, reported that parent use of the term gifted was negatively associated with several indices of adjustment. Children whose mothers used the term reported relatively lower self-concept, higher levels of anxiety, and lower rankings by their classmates on a peer sociogram. Furthermore, Cornell 1983 found that non-gifted siblings of gifted children are significantly less well-adjusted than non-gifted children in families without gifted siblings. These findings directly contradict published studies by Colangelo and Brower 1987 who found that gifted and non-gifted siblings did not differ on general self-esteem, even five years after they were identified as gifted. 
Tuttle and Cornell 1993, also determined that labeling someone as gifted does not necessarily negatively affect the sibling relationship. A brief history on the effects of GT students' self-perceptions The gifted and talented label is often seen as a mixed blessing. Hickey and Toth, 2009. It's mostly positive. Guskin, Ogolo, Zimmerman, and Pengs, 1986. Research found that gifted students have highly favorable views of themselves, they believe that giftedness can be attained by hard work, and they also perceive others as treating them no differently or more favorably. Only a minority reported negative reactions from peers. Students reported that they perceived the gifted label as associated with high status, especially from parents and teachers. But not for everyone. In Gifted, the Two-Faced Label by Robinson 1989, it states that labeling is a social process that can have both positive and negative effects on the labeled student. A majority of students report positive or neutral comfort levels with the label of Gifted. Approximately one in six gifted students indicates extreme discomfort. Gender differences. Bartel and Reynolds, 1986, determined that gifted girls experience more positive psychological well-being than gifted boys and had higher self-esteem than gifted males while Loeb and J, 1987, found better self-confidence and self-concepts for gifted girls compared to gifted boys. Baker, 1995, states that gifted boys were found to experience lower levels of depression than the gifted girls. Similarly, Cross, Cassidy and Miller, 2006, reported that gifted boys experienced less suicidal ideation than the gifted girls. Personal versus social. While it may seem to go without saying, Davis and Rim, 2004, found evidence to support that labels cause children to perceive themselves differently. And, Feldhusen and Die, 1997, determined that most of the students viewed their own ability as something that grows with effort. It is incremental. Carat 1988, published that gifted adolescents viewed giftedness as having a positive effect on self but a negative or ambiguous effect on others. Giftedness was perceived as an advantage in terms of personal growth and academics but, at the same time, was perceived as having strongly negative social implications. Hojendrenzuli explored the issues of a whether the self-concepts of gifted and average children differ, b the effects of labeling on self-esteem, and c the impact of special placement on self-concept. They said that gifted children display only a moderately higher self-concept than more average children. Manaster et al. 1994 found that these negative stereotypes come from those who know them the least, their classmates in general, not from those who know them the best, their parents, teachers, and friends. To sum it all up, according to Molden et al. 1998, the five most positive attributes identified in gifted students were internal gratification, unique identity, advanced learning in school, interaction with other gifted students, and special experiences in gifted and talented classes. Stereotyping remained one of the five most negative aspects. Also included among the five most negative attributes, and not reported previously in the literature, were pressure expectations of parents and pressure expectations of teachers.